Welcome to the eBiomedicine podcast. I'm Liam Messon, and today on the podcast, I spoke to Grace Fox and Dr. Manoj Lalu about their recent scoping review published in eBiomedicine. The review was looking at patient engagement in preclinical research. Grace Fox is a master's student and research assistant at the Ottawa Hospital Research Institute, and Dr. Manoj Lalu is an anesthesiologist and associate scientist also at the Ottawa Hospital Research Institute. First of all, what precisely is patient engagement? So um, it's a bit of a, uh, uh, a complicated term that uh, some people read too much into, I think, but it, it ultimately just refers to meaningful collaboration between patients or what we call patient partners and research teams. So the research teams being your typical research assistants, scientists, etc., and what we're talking about is co-development of research between these patient partners and the research teams. So there's a few things that need to probably need to be explained within that. So first of all, what do you mean by patient partner? So in Canada, the, when we talk about patient partners, it's really a blanket term to describe any individual who has a lived experience with a health condition. Uh, and this can include family members or caregivers or, or even members of the public. So you'll hear you know, patient partners being called patient researchers sometimes. And in the UK, for instance, people will talk about patient and public involvement or PPI. So uh, these are all sort of uh, a number of different terms that are ultimately talk about the same thing, which is really the co-development or co-production of research between these patient partners and members of the research team in, in some sort of capacity. So I think finally, the most important piece there is that the patient partner really is a team member uh, within the research team. So they're not the subject or the participant in the research. And it's really interesting because even when we try to recruit patient partners to some of our programs, sometimes they'll even ask us, oh, okay, so do you want me to be a subject in the research? And we say, oh, no, no, that's not at all what we want. We want you to actually be part of the team. You're going to work with the scientists uh, on the team and actually be part of this uh, group that's going to be producing this research. So what does patient engagement actually look like for preclinical research? Could you give us some examples? So before diving into what it looks like in preclinical research, I think it's really important to understand what it actually has looked like in clinical research. And in clinical research, patient engagement actually has a really rich evidence base already. Uh, I can speak from our own team's experience where we've helped develop an early phase clinical trial for CAR T cell therapy. Uh, which is a cell therapy for hematologic malignancies. So we actually had patient partners involved in that project where they intended our investigator meetings. They provided their thoughts as people who have lived through blood cancers before. And they let the rest of the team know what their thoughts were on everything that we're developing uh, as we're talking about eligibility for the trial and outcomes that we'd be looking at for the trial. And they even helped develop some of our informed consent documents within that trial as well, too. So lots of different points where they are engaged. So when we start thinking about preclinical, um, I, I think we have to take a step back and start thinking about, okay, what could a patient partner actually do? Does that mean they're sitting there pipetting alongside us in the lab? And, uh, and, and really, uh, it, it ha hasn't looked like that. And I'm not saying it, it can't, but right now what we've seen so far to date is that that's not really been the case. Uh, instead, what we're seeing patient partners do in this space is uh, really fill in roles on um, the research cycle or within the research cycle that flank data collection and analysis. So what that means is, you know, actually thinking about ahead of time, how do they 
uh, helping the the preclinical scientists think about, okay, how can I set up my animal experiments so the outcomes are perhaps more meaningful to patients in the end. And on the other end, after, you know, we actually have analysis and you're thinking about dissemination, patient partners have helped with creating what we call um, non-technical summaries of the work uh, to distribute that and reaching out to their own patient partner organizations that they're part of to help, you know, describe the work that these basic scientists are actually doing. So uh, lots of different opportunities there. Okay, great. So can you now take us through your recent work with eBiomedicine? Yeah, so we conducted a scoping review um, of the literature in order to identify all published examples of of patient engagement in preclinical laboratory research. And so for the purposes of our review, we defined preclinical research as um, research being conducted in a lab setting. So this could include animal studies or or also um, research involving cells. And so we conducted a scoping review, which is pretty similar to a narrative review in that it provides like an overview of the current evidence available on a specific topic. But a systematic approach was was used when when conducting our review. So when we were screening studies and, and assessing eligibility to be included in the review, as well as when extracting data from from our included studies. So in the earlier stages, we, we co-developed our, our review question and drafted our protocol with our team. And, and our team comprises of both researchers and patient partners. We published our protocol on Open Science Framework, and uh, we collaborated with an information specialist. So this is someone who specializes in uh, database searches in order to come up with a systematic search of Embase and Medline. And so from this search, we identified, I think, just over 5,000 articles that our team then screened through to assess eligibility uh, to be included in our review. And ultimately, we were, we were able to identify 32 articles that met our eligibility criteria. So in other words, 32 articles that um, studied or described patient engagement in preclinical laboratory research. And so while 32 seems like a, a pretty small number for a, v- a review, we were surprised that we were able to capture that many studies. Nonetheless, we uh, we then analyzed these reports um, to gain a better understanding of how patient engagement might look in preclinical research. And so one pretty interesting thing that we did was we, we categorized these engagement activities at different stages of research. So from the priority setting stage all the way through to dissemination um, and also at the different levels of engagement. And so we did this to gain an understanding of where these activities are taking place within the individual projects and also to see how much impact patient partners have on the decision making. We noticed that um, a lot of the engagement is happening at the earlier stages of the research process. So at the priority setting stage and the education stages of research. But when we categorized the level of engagement from this, we were we were quite surprised to see that we did capture six studies that engaged patients at the empower level. And so this level of engagement is achieved when patient partners are the ultimate decision makers throughout the project. I remember one study in particular listed one of their patient partners as a co-investigator on the project. This project was looking at breast cancer and the patient partner held a position on a steering committee, which which this committee guided the overall direction of, of the project. So it was quite interesting to see an example of engagement at this, this empowerment level that was captured by our review. Great. I just want to go back to something you said. You mentioned there were 32 studies in the scope and review. 
This would suggest that the majority of work in preclinical studies hasn't been done with patient engagement. So why is it important that we increase it? Should we increase it? Yeah, so you're definitely right in saying that the majority of work in in preclinical research is conducted without patient partners. So 32 studies is microscopic when compared to the amount of published preclinical work. And there are several explanations for why this may be, one of which can be that uh, patient engagement can be perceived as less intuitive in preclinical research, given that that basic science and and research conducted in the lab is is typically not a public-facing domain of research. I think it's extremely important that we encourage and we support patient engagement in preclinical laboratory research because such engagement truly benefits preclinical research conduct and efficiency. So just from our review, um, some of the reported benefits that sort of came through, uh, some of the benefits of patient engagement uh, included informing the research question, the study methodology, and the future and future research since Patient partners truly represent the ultimate end user of this novel therapy that's being studied in the lab. As well, this engagement can also provide a a unique opportunity to foster relationships between research groups and and patient organizations, since patient partners can play a really important role in connecting institutions and and organizations. And uh, this connection ultimately helps make preclinical research more accessible to the public. Our listeners are going to include preclinical researchers, but what are some of the actual practical steps they could take to increase patient engagement in their own work? Yeah, there's a surprising amount of work that's actually been done in this area already clinically, as I mentioned, right? So uh, I think one thing that any preclinical researcher or bench scientist can start thinking about are, you know, what are the resources available to them already that they might not even know about, right? So if you're in the States, for instance, PCORI, which is Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute, or in Canada, SPORE, which is Strategies for Patient-Oriented Research, or if you're in the UK, the um, National Institute for Health Research, uh, all of these large federally funded institutes, actually their mandate is patient engagement in research. So there are opportunities within those national institutes uh, and other national institutes around the world for patient engagement and finding resources that are already available. And then even just thinking locally, you know, many research institutes around the world actually already have an office that's established to help engage patients and public in research. Typically, it's all been clinically facing to this point. But, you know, moving forward, I think a lot of these groups are already starting to think about, okay, how can we expand this and get our bench scientists actually more engaged with patient partners and the public as well, too? So there's lots of resources already available. That's the first thing I would say. The second thing is, you know, as a basic scientist, you have to recognize that there probably are going to be some knowledge gaps on both ends. So as a basic scientist, you may or may not have had much interaction already with patients uh, or patient partners. So, you know, tapping to these resources, excuse me, that I already mentioned can help you better understand how you might be able to do that uh, effectively. And then secondly, you know, in terms of that knowledge gap, it's also going to exist on the patient partner side. Uh, I I think it's a lot more intuitive for many of these patient partners to be involved in clinical research uh, because, you know, almost all of us have been patients in one form or another, right, uh, previously. You know, when you're thinking about stuff that's at the bench and the things that we do, this is a a bit less, you know, public or patient-facing than clinical research. 
so for this reason, you know, I think a lot of these local uh, resources need to start thinking about, and the national institutes I mentioned as well, they need to start thinking about how they can start to educate potential patient partners about what we do at the bench and how we do that and start to think about how they might be involved as well too. Uh, so the last piece I'll just really briefly mention is just a plug for our group's own work, which is coming up, uh, and that's a framework to actually engage patient partners in preclinical research. So that's what we're working on right now. And uh, we're actually looking for groups around the world who might be interested in this as well, too. So I'd encourage them to uh, contact us as well. That was Grace Fox and Manoj Lalu from the Ottawa Hospital Research Institute. Patient involvement can help researchers set their research priorities, target the right symptoms, help explain their work to those affected, and identify requirements for patient engagement in trials. Hopefully, in the years to come, we'll see more work informed by those it's aiming to help.